ברוכים הבאים שעם השם. פרחנוכים ואיזה שם. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday share. Lilo Nishmas, Rabbi Tom Sholom, Yeshua, and Gabriel the Melech, all of Sholom, Ben Yamin Yayat Shlita, Shiyeche. Baruch Hashem, so you get the two very big simchas this week. My children, Shem Laranachas from them as well, Chasakala, and from the birthday girl. She'll have long years and the couple should go into the chuppah, build a house, an edifice, the Seder, a Tere, a Mitzvah, Bina, the Ad. Pashas Lechlecho. As we spoke, this is ironically after Zion Cheshvan. As a matter of fact, tonight is Yir Aleph Mar Cheshvan, the yard site of the matriarch Rachel Emenu. We've spoken many times mm-hmm. about the outside of Rachel Menu, how she is the chosen of all the matriarchs and patriarchs, as it says, The Pula of Rachel Emenu, Mama Rachel, giving away her husband and avoiding any embarrassment to her sister. Being Mevater. Being Mevater means when there are times that we feel that we deserve something, we'd like to have something that we think rightfully should be ours, and if somebody else wants it as well, we're mevater on this. And we give up. We give it away. Not we give up, not we become despondent, not we become forlorn. We just say, okay, you deserve it. Tafshin Pei, Simchas one year ago. The shul, I don't remember if it was Yerushalayim or Bnei Brak, there was a Yid Neshvakenim Gedacht that had not been blessed with children as of yet. 
and he heard, read, or learned, was told of the schooler. The schooler being to buy <coughs> the Aliyah Kol Hanorim. Simchas everyone has to be called up to the Teirah. Every male. And it doesn't matter their age. The ones before Mamitzah, the Na'orim, are called up together. It's one big aliyah. They're all called up. In the very nice shuls, they call up name by name. In the very large shuls, they just say, Okay, this aliyah is for Kolana Orim. And all the children, please go to the door. All the children come to the Teda. And one talus is spread over their heads. And either the gartel or the talus corner touches the sefer and each child lovingly kisses whatever it was that touched the sefer And then in unison, they say the brachas, parachas, shemam, veirach. They said, some children are older, they know it already by themselves, some children have somebody re- repeating it for them, saying it before them, and they repeat word for word. This is the Aliyah known as Kolana Adam. So the fellow heard that this is Gula, you have a merit, if you buy that Aliyah, It's a school for children. To be burnt, to get, have children, to be blessed with children. So he called over the Gabai that sells the Elias and he says to him, I want to buy Colin and Autumn this year. Now I know that people will bid to till X amount usually. I will outbid anybody. Obviously, in a normal way, I'll outbid anybody. I want to buy this Aliyah so that I'm blessed with children. And the bidding started. And anyone who bid anything, the Gabbai immediately jumped up. There's someone else bidding, he went up again. So this real rich man in the corner started bidding. And he was determined to get Kalanadim. And everything that this fellow bid the rich man went up. Well, needless to say, this was not, this was not going to stop so fast. So the man went over to the Gabbai and he said to him, I know it's a schooler and I need the schooler very badly, but obviously for some, whatever reason it is, oh, excuse me, the Gabbai went over to the rich man I told the rich man, this man is trying to buy it for a schooler. He's not, he's not been blessed with children, he's trying to buy it. He says, let him pay. He wants a schooler, let him pay. I'm buying this. If he can outbid me, he can have it. And he kept going up. Finally, 
the man himself says to the Gabbai, stop. Stop. This man wants it so badly, let him have it. Kabe was mortified. But but you you wanted a school of it should says I am Mivata, let Abishta take care of what he has to take care of. This man wants this, I'm not gonna torture him, I'm not gonna make a a, fo- a, a folly out of this, I'm not gonna turn this into a circus. He wants it, let him have it, isn't it? And that's what happened. He gave him the schus of buying the Aliyah of Kohan Odim. Tafshim Aleph. The scene repeats almost. Well, much to the chagrin of the Gabai, it doesn't repeat at all actually. As the man comes into Shul, the Gabai walks over and says, No. You want to buy Colin Arum again? He says, no, I don't need it. Why? He thought he was giving up, Chas Vashon. He says, Baruch Hashem, I was blessed just yesterday with twin boys. Making two bris in Hashem. Make up a little bit for lost time. And the Gvir was sitting there and they said to the Givir, "No, are you happy with your purchase?" He says, "I was benched by Hashem with a baby girl." So Baruch Hashem, they both had children, healthy children, etc. <coughs> I have nothing against baby girls. Baruch Hashem, I have is blessed with my own. But if you ask a person, would you rather have one baby girl or two twin boys? I believe that the twin boys would outweigh it. Especially considering they didn't have any children. He can be zeichet to make two brisen. And if he wasn't a kayan, one of was a natural birth, could have been a pigeon, a ben even, etc., etc. This is the koyach of being mevater. Say, okay, I step back. And this was Rachel Imenu, who stepped back. Although it was her husband that she was pushing away, sending away. But not to cause anguish and pain to her sister, she stepped back. May we never have to be mevat at anything. May we all have everything that we need to our heart's content. And so much so that till your lips are overflowing and you say, okay, I've had enough. That you even beg to have it stopped. Let the brachas flow. Should they be shidduchim? Should they be panasa? Should they be gizunt? Whatever they should be, it should be biyaday amleya absucha hagdeisha vachava. Pashas lechlecha. And schus rachalimenu shel zon zbaishdein. All she wanted was shavu vanim ligvulam. 
Return the children to their boundaries. Return the children to the Holy Land. They will be zeicher very quickly, very speedily. I'm not saying in our days, but in today. To be zeicher to merit the Geula Mitzvah Vashlema. Ayyidei Mashiach Tzidkenu and all be in Yerushalayim Yerakedish today. Not much better. Pashas Lech Lecha Vayemer Hashem El Avram are the first words of the Parsha. Hashem says to Avram and he tells him Lech Lecha Me'artzecha Shem says to Avram, go forth from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's house, to the land I will show you. Absolutely no forwarding address. They say the senior citizens have a GPS now. It's called senior G- GPS Senior. Not only tells you how to get to the destination, it reminds you why you went there. But here, he's not being told anything. Go. Leave. Very, very awkward command. But let's first think about, or not think about, rather discuss who was Avraham Avinu. Now last week we asked the question about Noyach, if Noyach were in the generation of Avraham, and we found out that Noyach was indeed the same time as Avraham. Actually Avraham was 58 years old when Avram, when Noyach passed away. So Avraham and Noyach were actually pretty much in a pretty decent amount of time to the same time alive. Um, Avram might even have been on his Chavah Kadisha that buried Neach. And who else would have been there? But the Taylor doesn't tell us anything until this point about Avram. Taylor tells us last week Avram was born, and all of a sudden, fast forward... Avram is being sent out on a mission. He was 75 years old. What was going on all the years before? Nothing is recorded. So you'll say, Taylor is not a history book. Taylor doesn't have to excuse me, record what happened, the ongoing excuse me, the events <coughs> of Abraham Vino's life. Mm-hmm. Taylor needs to tell us things that are going to be lessons, life lessons in our life. We learn from the Me'am Mabel, we learn from other Marishan, from other Manchava, from the Itzadat, from all the things that went on till now, all the things that transpired. Going back to the first thing, the first mention of the Basik Bereshit Baralikim, where Yerubi Yitzchak says, Le'ayah we did not need to start the Tera only by Why then 
are we waiting? Why then are we discussing <coughs> all these other parts of the Teda? Because each thing has a lesson to us. That in mind, till 75, perhaps Avram had no lesson for us at all. And therefore, it did not have to be, did not have to be discussed. But not even a brief description. Neach, it says, Neach is tzaddik, of his mission to build the ark, etc. Albeit he was 600 years old when he did it. Avram was a tzaddik. He discovered HaKadosh Baruch the Creator on his own. And at that very time, once he discovered HaKadosh Baruch was the one and only God, he took to spreading the word, and to teaching the word, and teaching the world about only one God. Monotheism. This is many years before HaKadosh Baruch Hu reached out to him. Lamed Bezim and Aleph talks about how he was on his own, doing what needed to be done. So it doesn't tell us about anything that happened until here. Instead, the Torah introduces us. It introduces us to Avram by telling us God commanded him to leave his house. He evicted him. He gave him a notice of a vacation. He evicted him from his home from his country, from his family, from everything he was familiar with. And said, go, I'll show you where. Go. By telling us this part of his life, mm-hmm. Terah teaches us the uniqueness of Avram Avinu. The uniqueness of his Nature, the uniqueness of his behavior. Avram Avinu, the first Jew, had a special relationship with God that ultimately distinguishes him and the Jewish nation from the rest of civilization. Truth is, all of humankind is capable of discovering God and committing to Him. What makes the Yidden unique? Our primary relationship with God doesn't lie in the fact that we recognize God first and we decided to attach ourselves to Him. But we are Bachar Lanu. We are the chosen nation. The same way also. The primary significance of the mitzvahs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Yidin isn't something that reflects the impact of the individual around the world. 
but rather the impact in God's desire. God has a desire, we fulfill these observances, listen to what He wants, and make Him a dwelling place on this world. Therefore the Torah leaves out all this information in the background. Doesn't tell us how Tzadik Avram was. Doesn't tell us about his good deeds that he did before God spoke to him. Instead, <coughs> it begins with the God's command, first command. Go forth. Go forth from your land. To emphasize that man's finite effort to develop a meaningful relationship with God is not is insignificant in comparison with the connection that is forged by God singling out the Jew and commanding him, and the Jew in turn observing God's commands. So the mainstay mission is to follow the words of Hashem, to follow the words of Tana, because that's what God commanded, because that's what our mission is on this world. Go, Hagarish Baruch Hu says, El Haaretz Hashem Arekah, to the land I'm going to show you. No. Who cares where he's leaving from? What is that, how is that relevant to the command itself? Hagarish Baruch Hu wants him to go somewhere. So I tell you, I want you to go on a journey somewhere to Montreal, to, to California, to, to whatever it might be, <coughs> for me to precede my request from you, with leave your house, to precede it by saying, get in your car even, The, the recording is to say, your mission should you accept? It's to move forward. Nobody ever tells anybody, shed, <coughs> shed what you have and go on, forge ahead. So then, what is it to me? Why is it Teda enumerates in such an elaborate way? What is it, what, what are we gaining from this? I mean, it's obvious. I'm telling you to go somewhere else. You, I'm telling you to leave where you're behind. Leave everything behind. And like we said before, it would help if he told him where he's going. He had to know if he should pack warm clothes, cold clothes, more clothes, less clothes, how to prepare for the climate, how to prepare for the food, how to prepare... You know... <laughs> He's just telling a person, go. He doesn't know, if he doesn't know where he's going, <laughs> when I was very, very young, there's a book called Nine to Fivers. It's cartoon clips in them. You see? Whatever, you know, like jokes. You see an old couple getting off a plane from Florida in New York in midwinter. 
And you see outside, there's a blizzard of snow blowing. And they're dressed like for the beach. Short pants, short shirts, some sun hats. And I'm not sure which one says to whom. It's just the title underneath the picture. And they say, did we forget something? They forgot to change their clothes back to the regular climate they were going to. Here too, Avramdin is being told, go to a land where? What what am I up against? This command Hashem maps out the steps that every year needs to take in order to reach his ultimate destination in the divine service that HaKadosh Baruch Hu instills in us. It's a journey of many steps. It requires that one transcends all his personal constraints, all his personal motives, in order to cause the fulfillment of God's will, the defining feature of his life. And these are the steps that are being hinted here. Go forth from your land. Land refers to nature. You plant in the land. Everything grows from the land. That's nature. First command is abandon your preferences that you naturally gravitate towards. Take your nature and you have to start altering it. You have to make a change in your life so that you're a changed person. That even the shepherd won't recognize you. The next thing it says, from your birthplace. Generally, the environment one lives in shapes the habits and lifestyle of a person. So the second step demands you transcend the trends and influences of your surroundings. You raise, rise up above it, and although these are your surroundings, and although these are what influences your daily life, rise above all that. Above Umi Beisavicha from your father's house. Chinuch is based on the father's house. The parents provide you with a certain chinuch they raise a child with. This command tells you in order to reach what's known as the promised land, your devotion to God must supersede your academic sophistication and intellectual achievement. In simple layman's words, your devotion to God is not something that you can think through and say, okay, 
I'm going to implement it A, B, and C. You need to rise above all that. This is leaving your father's house, shedding everything that you had been educated with in order to improve. If you've been educated with the right way and the right style and the true life, then you keep persevering and continuing in the way that you've been taught. However, when it doesn't fit the mold, and what you're doing is not what should happen, the education you got was not necessarily the way it should be, this Sakharaj Baruch says, leave that behind and take on the new life. El Ha'oretz Asherar Eka, to the land I will show you. A person devotes themselves unconditionally to God. And they surrender any personal references. Preferences. Calculations. Biases. All this is given up. Because the specific destination is totally irrelevant. The readiness to fulfill whatever God wills is always the same, regardless of the particulars. This is blind faith. El Ha'oretz Asherar Eka. At my daughter's engagement this week, I was able to hear from Ayid. Not from our community. But Rabbi Butman, Rashmul Butman Shlita, always invites this man to speak by the Siyam Rambams. They, when they complete the cycles of the Rambam, learning the Rambam throughout the entire Ram- year, or a little more than that, a little less actually, when it's completed, they make a big Siyam, a graduation party. This man is not a Lubavitcher, but he knows he's coming to a Lubavitcher function. In order to capture the crowd, he needs a good Lubavitcher story. Apparently this man has a... um, he had a connection or friendship with one of the Rebbe's secretaries, Rebbe Yemen Klein, Oliver Shalom. So he went to Rebbe Yemen, as we called him, although he should have been called Rabbi Klein, considering he was the secretary of the Rebbe. And he told him, I need a story. Story of the Rebbe, tell me a story of the Rebbe that happened that, that would wow the crowd, or better yet, just impress the crowd, get their ears so that they listen to anything else I have to say. Rabbi Yaman told them a very interesting story. 
So when I was growing up in Yerushalayim, I had a friend. And I came to the Lubavitch here, and he stayed in uh, Yerushalayim. Recently, my friend needed to make a wedding. So he came to America, as many do, to collect funds for the wedding. So he came to collect money for the fun of the wedding. He had no people. He had a person here, a person there, introduced him. Unfortunately, it seems to me more like the man was walking around in shul, hoping and praying that the heart of the people and their wallets would be open. And they would help him. Unfortunately, he didn't fare very well. Collected a few dollars, but nothing near what he needed. And he was very despondent. And prior to his departure back to Israel, he contacted Rabbi Klein. He told Rabbi Klein of his dilemma. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Rabbi Klein said to him, the Rabbi gives out dollars on Sunday. And many people merited the tremendous brachas by dollars. Come by Sunday, get a dollar. Now, as we much spoke many times, probably the line to receive a holy dollar from the holy from the Rebbe's holy hand could take three, four hours. So I didn't. This man didn't tell me, so I don't know if he told if it happened or not. I mean, sometimes they let the important people get in through the front door. Skip the line. So I don't know if this fellow stood on the line or he skipped the line or whatever the case was. He finally got in front of the Rebbe. And told the Rebbe he's making a wedding match him. And that's the show. The Rebbe gave him another dollar. A blessing. Blessing to the Chazakala. As he walked away, they never called him back. They asked him, how are you going home? Obviously he wasn't driving. So he said, I'm going to JFK. Direct flight. Which is not enough. They have to go through Toronto. Go through Toronto. That's it. The Rebbe dispensed his advice. Needless to say, this fellow was not of the Bab Chassid. And going to Toronto, going to Toronto, through Toronto, shall we say, first of all, it involved changing his ticket, arriving in El even later than he did, closer to the wedding than he should be. 
etc., etc., all a lot of difficult things. Shabbat Klein asked, who are you going? He said, no. So the Rebbe told you to go. Not my Rebbe. Now the Babacha, I told you I didn't know why I was coming here. And my client said, no, no, you got to go. Forever told you to go. I said, Benjamin, honestly, I don't have the money for it. It's going to cost me extra money, change my ticket, the time, etc. And my client said, I'll pay. I'll pay for your change of ticket for whatever it costs you. Man saw that my client means it, and my client was an old friend. And the Rebbe gave did give the advice. So I don't know if he took the money from the client or not. But he flew to Toronto. En route on the flight, he was sitting next to a yid, simple yid, in economy. This is Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. Who are you? I'm him. Yeah. Where are you coming here? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? So obviously the man told of his plight that he's collecting money for his child's wedding and he wasn't very successful. And, uh, He went to get a dollar by the Babish Rebbe. And the Rebbe told him to go to Toronto. What I'm doing is beyond me. I don't know what's going on over here, but the Rebbe told me so I'm going. No, what's to me? Yes. The guy tells him, You know, Rebbe, I'll tell you the truth. I'm a worker, I don't have any major money. Especially not what you're looking for. But, I work for somebody very, very wealthy. Wealthy man. I'll introduce you to my boss. I'll tell him the whole nine yards, you're making a wedding, that I've sent you to Toronto, etc. Hopefully he'll help you somewhat. And so, lo and behold, the guy, true to his word, the next day, was sitting in front of the guy's boss. And he tells him, make your chasna, should have been slachas. And, uh, he doesn't have money for the wedding. The Yavir looks at him, the rich man looks at him and says, how much are you missing? So he told him the truth, $20,000. Maybe I'll give him $1,000. You know, <laughs> or maybe even two. He's very happy. But it's okay. And then takes out a checkbook and writes him a check for $20,000. Guy is sitting there in shock. And the man says to him, you're probably 
wondering what this is all about. Why am I suddenly writing you such a generous, generous check? And I'll tell you the truth, he says, tonight, today, sorry, is my father's yard site. The day of my father's passing. And last night my father came to me came to me in the dream and he told me, Son, you don't daven like a proper yid. You don't learn tater like a proper yid. A lot of things you don't do like you're supposed to do. At least give tzedakah. It's my neshama, the the neshmasi, the memory of my neshama, the outside, give tzedakah. And I woke up. And I made a resolution. And I go to the office, and the first person that comes to me for money, I'll give him whatever he needs. Leave the is my father. And here you are. And therefore, you got what you got. Hastes that the going Although the Rebbe clearly told him to go to Toronto, so it truly was clearly not a, not just a blind get on a plane that's number four two three. So clearly, the faith of a Yid protects them and brings them to where they need to be. There's a major war that goes on. Famous, famous battle of the kings of the four kings against the five kings. And one of the, uh, shall we say, colorful characters in the story gets captured. None other than Loit. Loit, Avram Avinu's brother, as he calls him. My brother. And Taylor tells us that Avram, loving Loit so dearly, not being happy with having to send him away from him, was told what happened Bosik says Vayove Apolit Vayaged Lavroma Ivri the fugitive came and told Avram the Ivri the Hebrew and he told him the news of late capture etc and Rashi says what was this fiendish plan the plan that he had come up with was no more no less that Avram should go to the battle and get killed and so that he could take Sarah as a wife <coughs> this Oig <coughs> who is the poet as referred to in the Teda was a terrible cynic But he had this little respect for humanitarian causes. 
Therefore, when Avram's nephew, Lot, was taken captive, prisoner of war, I came to break the news to Avram and encourage him to go save his relative. As we just said, the immoral intentions in Oig's perverse mind. So although the cause was justified and logical, Oig himself didn't believe that Avram could actually win this war over the mighty kings that had taken Light as a captive. But he did know that Avram was a zealous, a zealot. And through his his zealous nature would cause him to go out to battle, regardless of the odds. So it was in essence a suicide mission. Trusting Avram would never return and Sarah would be his wife. This demonstrates the moral danger inherent in following a system of principles based on human understanding alone. Like Eig, a person who is guided and motivated only by logic, not by a godly ideal, the godly ideal that transcends actual reason, he can justify having someone killed in order that he can take the person's wife. And all the while believe that he's doing something reasonable and humanitarian and so kind of him. And a pat on the back. Why was he called Aik? When he came, he found Avram Avinu busy with Ugois. The midst of Ugais have Matzis. Ugais in Hebrew is similar to Oig. And the message continues. Oig's intention went out for Shem Shemayim, as we said. He had very horrific intentions. But what does that have to do with Oig's name? You want to tell me his name is because he, was, he saw the matzahs? Fine. But what does that have to do with his intentions? What did that have to actually do with his decision and the role that he was going to play? That this molded Oig's plans. Matzah is known as Michlad and Memenusa. Food of faith. Avram's intense preoccupation with his faith-building activity reflected his super-rational commitment to God. A relationship that focused more on faith than on reason. Such a person, reasoned Eig, is a fanatic and prone to acting irrationally. Therefore, (coughs) he was certain that despite the obvious risks 
and the questionable outcome of this battle, Avram would unreasonably jeopardize his own life, try to save that of, the, of his late, of his nephew late, and therefore likely never to return. So the matzah that Oig found Avram preparing when he arrived led him to conclude that he told Avram, if he told Avram about the battle, about Leit's capture, he'll go running. It would create the perfect opportunity for him to swoop in and take this fanatic's wife as his own. We then learn in the continuation of the parasha how Kadosh Baruch tells him not to fear. Just a little bit of water, please. Don't be feared. Don't be fearful. Because I'll tell us. He was called home as Gemara Mesachim Nunam Beis Fifty Side Two. Because Hashem said, "Don't within the Shalei the concept of Leilishma, not intentional, breaks the Lishma. When a Jew sits and learns Teda Mitzvah, even if he doesn't have the proper intention, he does it just to be able to receive reward, or just for the goof, or not for the Neshama. This reward also, the Chedek of Avedis Hashem, since through this he adds Kavod Hashemayim, and we see. Thank you. Terach Atera brings about with it Shefa Bracha. However, the physical goof looks for reward from things that are actually substantial. But behind all this is hidden the will of the Neshama to make greater and to glorify the name of Hashem of Beri Elam for everyone should see the reward of the schar of a person that serves Hashem like Avram Avinu in his time for the schus that he was the pace setter pacemaker, the one that led the way, teaching us how we need to relentlessly follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's words and we need to see to it that we don't look back and say am I being logical, am I not being am I being illogical, is this really what I should be doing, it's not what I should be doing we should all be able to make the proper decisions, the right turn, as we say the right way and Hashem should bless all those that make the decisions. They should takabi decisions up Yitera, according to the Das Tera, making decisions according to Das Tera. Kadosh Baruch Hu always sees to it that they are fulfilled and that they are accomplished to the utmost level. this Shabbos to the Eretz Hashanah to the Promised Land. Shabbos to all.